Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast, where we help business owners connect to their profits and earn their freedom. Join us as we discuss ways you can grow your small business, build your wealth, and help others along the way. Here's your host, Dan Cotton. All right, so uh, Jason, thank you uh, for joining me, my friend. Uh, really excited to have you here on the Next Generation uh, Connecting People and Profits podcast. Um, and I'm sure because most of our listeners are involved in the cheer industry in some way that people have either heard of you, heard your voice because it's distinct, uh, met your amazing wife, or maybe even listened to your podcast. Uh, so would you mind though, even if, if they haven't, if they're living under a rock in the cheer world, would you mind who telling, <laughs> who are these people? Uh, mind telling uh, anyone listening kind of who you are and, and what you're doing these days in the cheer world? Yeah, so wait, Dan, real quick, I gotta thank you. Cause we did that, um, whatever we did on my podcast, it was actually for our parents. Yes. And we talked about like athlete safety, Yep. That ended up being, it's like one of my most listened to podcasts. Honestly, one of my, oh, really? it's like one of my best numbers. Yeah. Um, I think it's currently, I, I didn't check today. I should have checked today, but I think it's like at number three of like my most listened to podcasts. So Dan, Kyle, so everyone knows who you are, but I got to, you know, introduce myself to your audience. I appreciate yeah. it. So um, Jason Larkins, I'm the cheer director at American Cheer down in Bakersfield, California. Um yeah, so my wife and I have run the program for about six years. Before that, I was at uh, Pacific Coast Magic. And at that same time, so I was at PCM for about six years. Uh, and at that same time, I was coaching at California Baptist University. So I coached there, you know, both those places six years. Met my wife, who actually grew up in the American Cheer program. Coached in the American Cheer program for about five years after that. Decided she needed to get out of Bakersfield. Moved to Southern California. We met got married, then we moved back up to Bakersfield, opportunity presented itself to run the program here. So yeah, started running the program and you know, had to get involved with just, you know, running an actual program, not just being a, a coach in it, right? And um, that led me, I, you know, I was reading all these books about marketing and advertising, you know, just trying to draw people into, you know, how, how can I get more, you know, kids in the door? And it's like, you need to write blogs. And I, you know, I had written a couple like essays in, in, in high school, right? So I'm like, hey, I can, I can, I can write a blog, right? I got some ideas I want to share with people. And eventually the blog turned into what is now, I guess, the podcast. So we have the Let's Talk to Your Podcast. And we've been doing that for like a year and a half now or something like that. We'll be going on two years in, in what, April or so. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, here we are. And so, uh, you and your wife, do you run the gym together or are you the boss and she just coaches? How does that work? <laughs> you trying to get me in trouble, Dan? Yes. <laughs> is yes. Well, I can't lie to you. You're a cop, right? So I got to tell the truth. Yep. Um, so I am, I am the director. She is the manager. So okay. technically I am her boss. Um, between the hours of like, you know, one and nine, I am her boss. And then after that, you know, outside of those hours, she's the boss. So yeah, so um, she technically works for, you know, it's funny if, you know, we run the program like together and we do things and we, you know, we try to make decisions together as like a couple, you know, hey, what, what, what do you think about this? But if there's like an angry parent, she's like, Jason, you're the director, you take care of it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm the director <laughs> now, I guess. So yeah, I'm the director when, 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 you know, when things happen bad in the cheer program, then I'm the director. Yeah. 
So how do you guys, how do you compartmentalize it? I, at being someone who uh, owns my business with my wife, um, yeah. how do you guys manage that where, you know, you got to go to work and make decisions, but then you got to go yep. home and, you know, be a couple. Like, how does that mean? How yeah. does that work for you guys? Well, we've been, we started coaching together. Um, I did one year at PCM without her. Then she came on my second year at PCM. That was your team that, that wasn't year, very good, right? The one when you weren't with her, is that? Man, yeah, right? <laughs> All of my teams not with Ashley are terrible, right? <laughs> so like, if you see a team struggling, like Ashley doesn't coach that. They're like, I see Jason, I don't see Ashley out there, right? So, but no, yeah, I, yeah, that team. So my first year, yes, that team was terrible. That mid-season team, they were awful. I don't even um, remember them. I was just shooting in the dark. No, no, yeah, no, you're good. They, they were. I thought we made probably told a story about that because I always tell that story. My first year coaching, we were awful. Uh, it was my mid-season prep team. But yeah, so, um, but we started coaching. Like I started really coaching that second year. That was the first time I coached a real like all-star team. And Ashley was coming from American who had like all this experience because she'd been coaching forever. I was just, I was a recent college grad. And so I did camps forever and I, you mm. know, I knew cheerleading, but you know, obviously coaching is a lot different than, you know, being a guest coach at a camp, right? Like actually coaching a team and coaching right. brand new athletes and, you know, knowing the levels and, you know, the rubric and all those things, like all those things were like really foreign to me. Ashley knew those things very well. And so anyway, we started dating like six months into her coming to PCM Okay. And, and so we've been like co-working, co-coupling, right. Or coupling that like pretty much our entire relationship. Right. Besides right. that, you know, at six months. So we've just gotten good at knowing our strengths. We, I mean, it was pretty rocky at first. Like those first six months, we didn't really like each other. That was like pretty rocky. I was like, I can't coach with this lady. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And you know, so I'm running to Kelly, like Kelly, you've got, we've got to do something about the situation. Little did I know she's running to Ashley's running to Kelly telling her the same thing. I don't know about this guy. Like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, and Kelly's like, figure it out. Y'all both adults and eventually figured it out. And well, hey, we should go on a date sometime. And so, but we've been coaching and, you know, doing that the whole time. And I think when we got to American, there were some things that I did when I was at CBU because Tammy and I, Tammy is the head coach at mm -hmm. CBU. I was the assistant coach, but there are things that, I, like aspects I did at CBU that just naturally translated to my job at American. There's things that Ashley did at American her first time and at PCM that we knew that she'd be good at, you know, coming in, you know, coming into the program. So, so there's like kind of a natural divide there where like, okay, I'll take care of these things. You'll take care of these things as new things have arisen. We've just said, okay, I'll take care of this. You'll take care of this. And it seems like it's been working pretty well. It's just a natural divide and someone's got to, you know, someone will come to me about something. I don't know. It's Ashley question, you know, go ahead. She'll yep. take care of it and you know, we'll figure it out. So, so you but kind of been, each have your lanes, it sounds like, and yeah, stick in those lanes a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, as the director, what, what are your lanes? Like from a, from a business side, um, yeah. you still coach teams, right? Yep. I coached four teams. Okay. So you're still on the mat. You're still doing the coaching, but what yep. on the, on the administrative side that most coaches don't even really think about how complex it is. Uh, what are those things that you're doing on your day to day? 
Oh, let's see. So I break this down to a couple different, you know, obviously, like like you said, there's the coach side of things and then there's the, the director, like the admin side. But even the admin has two parts of it that I feel that there's the part as far as growing the business, like how can we grow the business and make the business, you know, get more kids, new programs and just get yeah. revenues up. And then the other part is how can I where is the cheer program going this year as far as managing our coaches and managing our teams and making sure the teams look good, like being the coach of the coaches, right? Yep. So those are like my two, those are like the two big things I always think about as far as being a director, not a coach. I think about how can we generate more revenue and different camps and just different things we can do to generate revenue. Uh, and obviously we can break that down into those different things that I do there. And then how can we, how can I coach my coaches and lead us so that the program is going to be successful as far as cheerleading is concerned? So that's a pretty simplified answer. You know, okay. Yeah. Any of that. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to take a minute and tell you a little bit about the Next Gen Academy. The Next Gen Academy is built to help you take your business to new heights. With an emphasis on small to medium sized gyms, we have the tools, systems, experience, and processes to help you systemize your business, build your freedom, and connect you to your profits. The Next Gen Academy has helped over 200 business owners since its creation in 2018. If you are ready to invest in making your business life the best and most profitable it can be, then head over to nextgenowners.com to get started. Um, one of the things we encounter with owners a lot is, is actually struggling on the staffing side. And I, there's, there's two sides I think that we see. One is just finding good staff. Um, and I've met a couple of your staff and they're phenomenal people. Um, so I think it's, it'd be interesting to know how do you guys find and or find and train such awesome staff that align with the American way. Yeah, that's a great question. Dude, you're so much better at this than I am. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean don't go check out my no, podcast. No, absolutely check out his podcast. <laughs> oh man, no, that was a great question. No, uh, I think, so I was at PCM and we were, especially at the time, we were, we had some pretty good worlds teams. Yeah. Um, we're in Southern California and we just had a lot of things going for us that I that I didn't actually, that I took for granted, right? Especially Southern California, the world's teams. And we're just in this great market for cheerleading, right? Everyone wants to be a cheerleader out there. Yep. And all the time we were getting staff flown in from everywhere. Oh, we got a new interview coming up this week. Um, I remember Ty Hill is probably the biggest name that we got that like came out to the mm -hmm. gym. Um, for those of you who don't remember like Ty Hill back in the day, it's just, you know, cheer liberty back in his day, right? But like, Ty Hill's coming out to the gym and we get people that flew in from all sorts. We had this guy named Noah who came in from um, uh, North Carolina. He cheered at uh, what? Charlotte All-Stars, right? Yeah. And we, we just get these big name people. I don't say big, but these really like experienced people would come in all the time from PCM. And I figured it was kind of going to be, and I did the recruiting at CBU. And so I would just go out, recruit kids. And it, it, it got decently easy for me where I would just, hey, we got a good program. You guys should come out to CBU. We got a good thing going. And people would come to, people would come to CBU and we built this great program. And I really felt that it'd be the same at American. I'd never been to Bakersfield before. I knew zero about Bakersfield. 
I knew it was north of where I was living, but I thought it was just an extension of Southern California. I had zero, I had zero clue what Bakersfield was like before I moved here. I didn't know about any of the stereotypes. I didn't know what the city was. I, I didn't know anything. Right. So I moved to Bakersfield, right? Um, and just figured it would be the same way as we had at PCM. And I saw the same thing happening at Cali. Cali get a brand new, oh, new coach came in from, you know, oh, that coach from Top Gun. Oh, that coach came in from wherever. And I thought the same exact thing would happen at American. I would just go out, I put out a flyer, and people go, yeah, people come flocking in. I'd love to move to California. And it turns out people don't want to live in Bakersfield. Um, so I, after we lost like a couple of staff, like those first two years, we were losing staff, like people that we would bring in, like they wouldn't last. Hmm. And I eventually realized we've got to train up our own people. Uh, it's just the best. And, and it's been ever since I've made that decision to train up our own people, it has worked. It has been just so much better for us to train and develop our own staff. And, um, and you know, you just got to get good at that. So, you know, the heart, you know, it's a lot easier, you know, especially when I did coaching college cheerleading, it was very, you, the, the people ask me all the time, what's the difference between college cheer and all-star cheer? Well, college cheer, you get to recruit. So you just recruit the very best athletes that you can. Yep. And it makes your job as a coach 10 times easier than having to, you know, coach the athletes from scratch, right? Yep. Um, and I wanted to do that as a coach. I'm just going to recruit really good talent, and that will take care of the job. I'll kind of hopefully get us all on the same page. But I'll just recruit super talented coaches. But it's just I have found that it is 10 times better for us to develop our own staff, um, you know, as much as we can. And, you know, now, you know, there are people, you know. Yeah, what I what I found interesting about working with your staff and and what you're saying aligns a lot with some of the recommendations we give to our clients with other gym owners that are coming to us for advice is is grow them inside home grow your coaches develop your coaches um but it's it's so impressive having worked with a, and met with some of your coaches is i feel like i can see what i know of you and what i know of ashley in the way they carry themselves and in the way they coach like they're almost an extension of you and that's why i kind of use the terminology of align so well with the american way because you guys really do you have a brand anyone who knows american they they know what american teams look like uh you know they're super clean and like just polished like that's always the way i would describe when I see American teams coming, I'm talking to my kids. I'm like, they're going to be clean and they're going to be pot. They're going to look good. And you see your, but also like you guys are people of values, right? Your family, your family, and you have a child and you've always been people of character. And you see that in your coaches too, which oftentimes I think is missed in the industry in general. And especially when you just bring in, outside people who know cheerleading really well, you may not always get people who align as well with your personal and professional values. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, first, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and you know, it's a, it's one, and I had to learn this. There's a, I won't tell, I won't say anyone's name here, but there's a guy who I, I need a coach. This is the first, this is my first year at American, right? So we're hurting for coaches badly. Um, we're ordering for coaches and 
I get an email one day from a guy from a gym that most people would know. Great Worlds program. Um, most, I don't want to say a Great Worlds program, but you know, they have a Worlds program. They have locations, multiple locations. Most, if we said their name, most people would know who it is. And we have this, this guy's moving from there, wants to move to California. And I call the owner. Owner's like, Jason, don't touch this guy with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> I'm like, but I, I need, I'm desperate though. Like, mm -hmm. I, yep. and yeah, she gives me the whole spiel about, you know, she gives me everything. You know, okay, you know, I was like, well, I'm a guy of second chances, you know, like I, everyone deserves a second chance, right? Yep, yep. So I talk, I literally I talked to her. I interview her more than I interview him. And I'm talking to her about everything that's going on. And, and he doesn't have anything like bad. I mean, he's he's not doing anything bad. He's just right. had problems, like just problems, right? Being a good um, employee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, but he knows cheerleading. You know, I'm like, oh, let's, let's go. And, you know, recruit him. And he comes out and he's there and he leaves. One day, we Ashley and I go on a little mini vacation, right? We leave for the weekend. And... I get a call from HR like, hey, Jason, next time someone um, is leaving, like going to quit or whatever, like, you know, just make sure you write up a, a whatever in one of our recording systems, right? Like a two week notice type thing. And I'm like, wait, what? They're like, yeah, so-and-so just, I just cut his last check. You, what, you did what? So <laughs> <laughs> I call him up. I'm like, yo, you know, I'm leaving him voicemails. I'm blowing this guy up. So he just left like a thief in the night. And, um, you know, so like, you know, that taught me like, all right, man, like you just can't, it just can't be about the talent and the skills, you know, no matter how desperate you are. And those right. are the lessons I had to learn, you know, as many times as I heard them, and especially I had to apply them. I've always tried to apply them as a coach, but I was a desperate director at that time. You know, I'm trying mm -hmm. to hire people. I'm trying to make sure our program survives. And at the end of the day, you know, you got to hire people with care. It's, you know, you hear this all the time. I'm sure it's not going to be the first time your your audience has heard this, but it's better to be short-staffed than wrongly staffed, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, I would, you know, I rolled the dice, learned, and now I know, and now I'll just be, I'll just be short-staffed and we just are just going to be short-staffed and we'll figure it out. And, you know, people of character, they'll, if you have a good team, they'll be willing and eager to carry, you know, the extra weight. I saw that. When Ashley got pregnant, you know, we had a great staff who picked up the slack, you know, when we were gone. And then we all, you know, Ashley and I got COVID at the same time. And, you know, the staff like stepped it up and said, all right, here we go. We're going to make it happen. And yeah. so, you know, we have a great staff who will. So shout out to our entire American Cheer staff. But, you know, we have a great staff. And I think it's it really is because we spent well, we spent a lot of time in the interview process um, and then a lot of time, like really trying to develop our staff to say like, this is the American way. Cause I, I just saw so much at PCM where we had really, really talented coaches, but we all wanted to do it our own way, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I was, there's some of those lessons I was like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm gonna try my best not to let that happen here at American, no matter how talented, you know, cause talent. And I had to go apologize to my owners. Like, Hey guys, I was a diva. Like I realized how, diva i was yep um yeah. there you know and so you know yeah it's easy as the coach to be like i know exactly what to do yeah um so how do you what is your process for 
and you don't have to go into all the detail. I don't, you don't have to disclose all your secrets, but what's your onboarding for a new staff member like, and then how do you, how do you build that culture and maintain that culture within your program? Yeah. So there's a couple different hires that we'll do, which obviously we'll hire. I like to hire within the program, but obviously we do bring people in from outside the program. Right. Um, so the people that come in from outside of the program, we do like a, I, I feel, you know, it's not like I read this anywhere. I just, just got really serious about the interviews and I tried to convince them that they don't want to work at American, which weeds out a lot of people. Like I just try to convince them like, Hey, you know, we're in Bakersfield and it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like this and it's like this and here's these things and here, here's all the bad parts about working at American. Yep. Do you think you could handle that? And some people go, yeah, that's not really what I'm looking for. Awesome. We saved a bunch of time and money and headache and mm-hmm. stress or whatever um, just by, you know, eliminating people who just go, yeah, it's just not what I'm looking for. So I really try to convince them that they don't want to work at American. And then if they get past that, then we'll go, okay, well, now that you think you can handle working at American, let's, you know, talk some cheer and we'll, we'll go through that. Um, after that, um, Oh, this is like one of my favorite interview questions. So feel free, anyone can steal this. Uh, what are what are five questions you want me to ask you during this interview? Like before, you know, we set the interview. Give me five questions you want me to ask you during the interview. And I always found it was easier. It's easier for if they know what the five questions are going to be, they can prepare for them. They can be ready for them. That will loosen them up a little bit. And then by the time we get to question number six, like they're loose and I can actually like talk to them. Um, opposed to, you know, how, you know, you walk into that right. interview, you're like, I have zero clue what they're going to ask me. Oh, you're nervous or whatever. So yeah. at least if you can like prepare your first couple of answers, you know, okay, I'm going to give them a nice solid answer here. And, you know, there we go. You know, the, they're always yeah. giving those basic questions. What are your strengths and weaknesses? You know, tell me why we should hire you. I'm like, yep. yeah, I'd be more creative than that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, for our staff, for our staff internally, right, kids, Kids who are like on senior teams or, you know, recent graduates, we'll start them off with, you know, super easy stuff. Same thing, you know, probably most coaches start there, um, you know, owners start their uh, staff off. You know, we have a cheer 101 class, which is three to six year olds. It's just like a cheer class. And we'll start them off with, you know, things basic like that. We do a fundamentals program. And, you know, and I'll, you know, walk them through exactly what we're looking for with those things. And, you know, they just start off super simple. We try to pair them up with someone stronger. And then obviously, and then we just like, literally I'll pair them up. You know, usually I try to pair up one year we had, Hey, you know, this coach has never coached level, you know, any of these higher levels before. So you're going to be paired up with, with me and you're going to coach these teams with me. You've never coached an elite team before. So you're going to be paired up with Ashley and you guys are going to coach, you know, minis or, you know, whatever junior twos together. Right. And so we'll do like a lot of like hands-on, like here we go. And the other they get to see what right looks like, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and then the other big thing we do, which I know is hard for most gyms, but we do a weekly staff meeting. Um, and I I just told this. So our our most recent hire is Josh. So shout out to Josh because he's great. But I said like it's going to be like cheerleading university. I was like, you're going to come in and you know, we have our weekly staff meetings and I'm going to like in our staff meetings, 
you're going to be going to class. It's like a, it's like you're in college and you're going to be taking notes. I'm going to be teaching you about cheerleading and how to run a team and how to coach and all these things. So we have pretty um, lecture style, like staff meetings where I go through, like I legit do lectures, quizzes and tests in our staff meetings. I so, love it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll do some, some labs every so often. We, uh, we definitely see people struggle to do regular staff meetings. I think it's always a challenge, right? Like, especially when you have a small staff, uh, it can be, well, either way, it can be really difficult to get everyone together at the same time, uh, yeah. for a staff meeting. It's funny. You talk about like talking people out. That's a model I kind of went to, especially for people from outside, like yeah. internally, I don't do that as much. If it's a kid who's come up through my program and now they're going to start junior coaching or mm -hmm. they're, they're graduated out and they're going to start coaching. It's a little different, but man, I have that problem. Like with dream camps, people come out for the summer and they work dream camps. Well, we're out in the middle of the woods. It's beautiful. We're teaching cheerleading camps, which is like the most fun thing in the world you can do. Uh, cause there's no negativity. Uh, you know, you're just, mm -hmm. you're just teaching cheer. It's just all positive and all fun. And it's just like amazing, you know, almost like Woodstock style experience, love yeah. and acceptance and all this stuff. And people are like, I want to move to Oregon and work for you. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it rains a lot. It, this is, <laughs> this is a bait and switch. It's beautiful and 80 to 90 degrees right now, but in a couple months, it's going to be pouring rain and cold and miserable. And I'm, For I'm sure. demanding and <laughs> teams are yeah, stressful. Exactly. It's different. Um, and then, but I've hired a couple people and, but it was that same process of like, are you sure? Are you really, really sure? Okay. Come yeah. visit in December. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Like come see what no, it's like you. now. So I, I, I went feel to that Seattle not too long ago. And I was like, we went to Seattle in November and I was like, it is freezing out here guys. Like this is crazy. Y'all not moving out here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, the, the Pacific Northwest is, uh, it's beautiful in the summer. I'll give it that. Yeah. It's beautiful in the summer. Um, so you also coach teams uh, yep. and you coach four teams, which is a fair amount. Um, so you stay pretty busy. What what ages are those those teams? I have what? U3. Uh, well, so I coach junior two, but they're international, so a little bit older. International junior four so a little bit older they're basically a senior team um and then senior co-ed three so you know okay so a mix all the way from youth to senior yeah okay yeah and you know when i moved from pcm i'd only coach senior teams so i would coach cbu uh we had pretty decently early practices right we had one team that started one another team that started at uh three or so so early in the day i'd get coach i get done coaching then i drive to pcm i get there around 6 30 right on time for the senior team. So I never coached, I only coached senior teams for like the first six years of me actually coaching. Mm -hmm. Then moved to American and I coached J3 that year. And I was like, okay, this is the first time I'm ever coaching a, and I had it, or no, it was J2. I was coaching J2 and I was like, hey, you guys are the first junior team I've ever coached before. So let's let's make it happen. And then I coached U3, <laughs> we had a youth, or we coached U, had a youth two like two years later which was my first time coaching a youth team, obviously. And I remember I used to mess with Ashley all the time because I sometimes I get to the gym um, earlier than 6.30, right? So I'd get to catch the end of her youth three team practice. 
And I'm like, man, Ash, if I was coaching that youth three, we'd be doing this, we'd be doing this. Like, y'all need to be, you need to step it up, Ash. Like, those kids, I don't know, you can get more out of those kids. Until I coach youth two, and I realized, oh, these are like little, little kids. Like, yeah. they, <laughs> they're little this humans. Is really hard. Yeah, man. Yeah. So my respect for Ashley's U3 team grew significantly yeah. when I realized how hard it was to coach a U2 team. But now I, I love you. That's a that's a great group. U3 is a great group of kids. So Yeah, you, you've got to be a really intelligent and uh, articulate coach who knows the sport to coach youth, especially at any sort of higher level. Because it's just, I mean, you can't, you can't say squeeze your core to mm-hmm. an eight-year-old. They don't understand yeah. what that means necessarily. Like you have to yeah. literally teach them how to squeeze their core. Um, it's so hard. It's so hard. Like yeah, none of them know counts, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, coaching senior teams. That's the cake. That's so easy. You Step know. to your left, and they don't know which one that is. Like yeah, I mean, it's, exactly. It's, hard. Yeah, it's really teams, really hard. Like, speak you know English by that time. You know yep. you're like okay, hey, just come here and do this, do this. Oh, okay, coach. Gotcha. You youth kids, you're like, okay, you know, you got to spell everything out for them. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're good. But, you know, but at that age, they just love cheerleading. You know, they just love it. You know, the yep. only thing that matters in our life is cheerleading. And, you know, they're like, I have to get to, I have to make sure, like, if I'm at the gym on, for youth three, when they practice, they practice Tuesdays, Thursdays. So I have to make sure, like, I'm out of the office on time. Like, I have to be in the gym because those kids, they get to the gym. They tell their parents to drop them off 30 minutes early so yep. they can run around and do whatever in the gym. You know, they have open gym every Tuesday and Thursday, you know, before practice starts. Yep. You know, they're yeah. climbing on everything, you know. And, you know, we've seen your kids. They show up at 629, right? Yep. <laughs> All right, here we go, coach. With a coffee so, in their hand. Yeah, exactly. Not without their cheer shoes on, like mm-hmm. not ready to go. Yeah, that's – it's. they all have their own, their own challenges. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing we've heard a lot from people is uh, people struggling with motivation from kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we're, we're in kind of, we're both, we're in California and Oregon for those of you that don't know. So uh, we're not really struggling with a post COVID world because we are still, at least in Oregon, right. we're still very locked down masks and limited numbers and all that fun stuff. But yeah. um, you know, these, we're, we're seeing some of the impacts of COVID lockdowns and, and all that stuff. So what have you guys seen similar issues with like, this is our highest year of quitting. We've never had so many kids quit mid season as we've had this year. I think we've had almost 15 to 20 kids that have joined the season at some point and then quit. Um, so are you guys seeing stuff like that? And if you are, you know, what are your thoughts on things that we can be doing to help? So let's see. Uh, I think COVID has made us lazier, um, you know, because it was, you know, it was nice for a little bit sitting in the house, not doing anything, right? Like that summer, Ashley was pregnant and... We just, it was awesome to sit at home, watch Netflix, and me and Ashley just chill and enjoy the last couple of months of us, you know, just being a couple, right? Yep. Before yeah. know, Joey got here, right? And, and, you know, we go to church. So church turned into online church, right? And it was watching it every Sunday online, um, you know, and 
you're grabbing your coffee, you know, you're walking, you know, you're having breakfast, you're on the couch, you know, you have to actually get up and get ready. You know, I'm still in my robe or whatever. And church gets back in and it's kind of like, ah, you know, but it's online. I can just wake up, you know, I don't have to wait, you know, and I think that I kind of feel that same way is that we've just become lazier that we don't really want to get out and do as much as we did before, like, you know, before sitting on our butts for however many months straight. Right. Um, I also feel just that kid, the the thing I see with kids right now is, um, is that they just, they, is that they want to do, they just really focus on being cool, you know? And, you know, it's, I know it's hard being a, a teenage girl and, you know, going to high school and, and all these things and like, you know, trying to fit in and trying to find yourself and, you know, being popular and all these different things or whatever. Um, you know, and, and that's why I kind of feel like our biggest struggle is this year is kids wanting to be cool and not hmm. wanting just to come to practice and grind it out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like just, that commitment to go the extra level, even with the ones that are yeah. there, mm-hmm. like, no, we gotta like, it's grind time. Let's go. We gotta yeah. be in here working. And the number of kids taking extra privates to get, mm-hmm. get their full or get their double, you know, for us are so few, few and far between. Yeah. For sure. So the, the, this actually a conclusion I came to the other day was I've never been a games guy at practice. I never play games at practice. I'm probably like the most boring coach ever. You're the coach um, but, that turned out the lights on your kids mid performance. <laughs> so I wouldn't call you boring. True. Okay, that is true. But it was so and I and, and that's the thing. So I don't I love having fun at practice. I love having fun at practice and I like introducing new things. I love challenging the kids. Um but I do want to make sure that our practices have a rhyme and a reason that we we set a goal. And we are trying our hardest to reach that goal for the day. And so I truly believe in that. So when we do things like turn off the lights at practice, you know, there really is like a goal in mind. Right. Uh, so when I talk about games, you know, we see that that one game all the time. Um, you'll take a foam pit block and you'll write, you know, jumps, mm-hmm. you know, tumbling, whatever. And we roll the dice yep. and it lands on dance. And we're like, we're going to clean the dance now. And then now it's rolled on dance five times in a row. And the only thing we've done all day is clean dance, right? Um, and I just never subscribed to like, I, cause I grew up playing football, basketball, baseball, these other like, you know, traditional sports. Right. Right. And, and I don't really remember our coach. Like, like I remember having fun at practice, but I don't ever remember like playing games at practice. Right. Right. And so I just never was like, Hey guys, we're going to play a game. Like, Hey guys, we're gonna play a game right now. Like we're trying to compete, you know? So I never did games, but I realized that that I just need to have not just because I feel like I'm a fun guy. I feel like I'm pretty funny, right? And I feel like I'm a I feel like I am fun, but we don't have um, like we don't have like designed games or practice. So I started playing a lot more like more engaging games, and I'm trying to balance between. Having the kids like really engage and having fun at practice. Like last night we played this game. All right, left side versus right side of the pyramid. And mm. uh, we had this little chicken in the middle of the floor. And every time 
you know, the right side hit it better. It, you know, move towards the right. The left side hit it better. Move towards the left, right? And so we're we're doing this right, and it's the most like engaged I'd seen them yep. right in a while. Yeah, and um, and we've been doing things like that just to keep them like really engaged at practice because I'm just so straight forward that I just you know. Like yeah. it's not on the score. Games are on the score sheet, guys. Like it's fun right. when they say "end in first place from America tier." That's the most fun there is. Right. But I realize there's, there's got to be other times that we actually have fun in the gym. So I've been a, a, a I've subscribed to games a lot more this season than I have ever before. Yeah, that's we we started doing games quite a few years ago, but we actually did it to uh, for a competition prep style, and it wasn't mm-hmm. less about making it. F- wasn't so much about making it fun, but what we found was we wanted to uh, essentially create stress. So mm-hmm. all of our games incorporate some sort of uh, risk and reward, um, mm-hmm. which is where we'd use conditioning, right? If you, you know, the game would be you figure out what you're going to do. So one of ours is like a we call Dice of Destiny, where there's three dice. And the first one mm-hmm. is like, it could be a full out or all stunts or all tumbling or, you know, elite sequence or pyramid. And so there's something assigned to each one of the six. None of them are ever clean the dance. Um, and then, <laughs> and then there's like a risk. If you, if you fail, like if you don't hit it or it's not to the standard that we've set at the beginning of the game, then you get the consequence, which is, mm-hmm. you know, 10 burpees or a floor bear crawls yep. or whatever. And then there's a reward which if you do it, then you get a two minute break yeah. or your coach is going to do a robot dance for you or like whatever the case may be. And so they have like a reason to want to hit it and a reason to mm-hmm. not want to hit it. Yeah, um, for sure. And the goal was because we would have teams that could do well in practice, but then they would get stressed for competition and then mm-hmm. train wreck. And so it was like, okay, how do we, how do we get them yeah. motivated? Um, or how do we get them into this same mindset in practice? The other thing that I've started to subscribe to more and more over the years is if you really look at the mathematics of competitive cheer, they spend about 2% of their season actually at a competition doing the Mm -hmm. competing. So if the process of being in the gym and being at practice is not fun, then your retention will be low. Yeah. Um, At the end of the day, the kids have to look forward to coming to our building. They have to look forward yeah, to for that sure. process because um, very rare are the people who are ready to just suffer for mm-hmm. 12 yeah. months straight for two minutes and 30 seconds of reward. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but we've seen it decrease even more. I mean, I'm, I'm not joking. The other challenge we've had with, I swear it's like a post-COVID thing, is we have had more people go to freaking Mexico mid-season with almost no notice yeah than ever before it's like you get just get oh sorry we're in mexico this week it's like we have showcase in a week what do you mean yeah and they're just like well (laughs) bye cheap yeah Yeah. well we're going um and i feel like that is a kind of a residual of covid where people are like look you know yeah we care but the kids saw their season just end mid-year and so Mm -hmm. they kind of realized somewhat fairly how ludicrous what we're doing is when it just comes from the like competitive standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. Like what we've all said over the years of like, Hey, guess what? When you become an adult, no one cares if you have a world's ring, like in the professional world, they're like, 
you're like, oh, I won cheerleading worlds. And what is people's first question? Oh, can you do a flip? Yeah, yeah, right. Right. And then exactly. you do a standing full and they're like, no, no, no. The one where you bounce off your hands. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, but like. Yeah, but. that That's that's so much easier. Uh, yeah. But it's one of those like people all kind of realized it. They were like, oh, yeah, it is. It's it's just cheerleading. So I'm going to go yeah. with my family to this thing. Um, and so resetting people's brains to be like, yeah, it's just cheerleading, but it's a commitment to yeah. a group of other people. And I think that's where like the value is. For sure. And that, that's why I felt like we had, I felt like we, we, we do practice once a, during the summer, our athletes only practice once a week. So, mm-hmm. you know, they come in, they practice either on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and then they get the rest of their, their week off, which, you know, the intentions was, you know, you could take a 10 day vacation, only miss one practice. Right. And I felt like when we first instituted that, that athletes or families actually plan their vacations around yeah. that Tuesday or Wednesday practice. And we actually had some decent practices, but I found, you know, I, I just don't know. I don't see that same commitment level anymore. Um, and, and, and you know, this is generalizations, right? But I just feel, I just get the sense that families don't have that same like die hard i'm gonna do anything i can to be in the gym right now i'm totally gonna avoid anything that misses practice right right so so breaking news american cheer is going back to two practices during the summer next year so you know just 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 i wanted to tell you first (laughs) (laughs) um so i don't know if you guys saw this but we actually saw a huge enrollment bump post covid um like when things actually re-kicked for this season, yeah, this is our biggest enrollment. Did you guys have the same? Yeah, we had, we had the biggest. We actually broke records last year. Um, we broke records last year with enrollment, and now we are to the moon this year. Really? So yeah, we're, we we count numbers kind of weird. I don't want to say weird. It makes perfect sense to me, but you know. We count numbers. So if we have a, an athlete in a tumbling class, we count enrollments. So Got it. if you, or tuitions, I guess, if you are enrolled in tumbling, cheer, and a flight school, you are three kids, right? So, you know, most kids, you know, or most gyms just count how many all-star kids they have, but we just count the total, how many kids are actually paying, you know, a tuition right now. Mm. So um, we are in what in november or i guess we're in december now but in november we had broken we broke 500 which we some we we've broken 500 twice and it's in february because we have more programs going on at that time with fundamentals and mid-season all kind of happen at the same time we did this high school cheer thing so we have all these we have all of our programs running at the same time and we get low 500s right 508 i think was the previous number and yeah we broke 500 in like november this year before our midseason program started so we are and now midseason's here we have more kids in midseason than we had than we've that's had huge. ever we have yeah we have 94 kids in midseason right now so that's huge yeah it's wow crazy. congratulations it's, that's awesome thank you yeah it's it's crazy so yeah so what did you, what did you do different if anything to like market and promote like what what do you guys do we talk about a lot of things with next gen and marketing uh you know i was before i really you know tried to be a good business owner i was mm-hmm. i ascribed to the like oh cheerleading's different 
marketing doesn't work for us. Like we're all grassroots. People refer their friends that like you do a parade here or a flyer yeah. there. Right. And now we market a lot, but what do you guys do to promote? Yeah, I think our biggest, um, the biggest thing is social media and our email list. I mean, really, I mean, it's really, I mean, it's pretty basic, but it's the social media. We're really diligent on our social media push. So, and this is just super simple that anyone can do. You know, we have, we hire out athletes um, and they'll run the stories. So we always have something good on stories like okay. every day. And, you know, and it's just an athlete, you know, I just check out their social media. Oh, it looks like they know how to run a social media account, right? Like they have, you know, they're using GIFs or GIFs or whatever, and they're using, you know, whatever yeah. and sparkles and all of that. Okay. It looks like a regular teenage social media account. Awesome. You get to run it and, you know, two teams are coming in. Make sure you get stuff of that, that those teams. Make sure you get stuff of the classes. Tag people. There you go. So there's always stuff on our stories. And then we're uh, a lot, uh, definitely more strategic as far as what gets posted on the, um, like posted like on the timeline. Yeah, on your and quilts, so we'll your timelines, go, yeah. Yeah. So we'll make a, um, I have like a social media calendar of what goes out. I'm actually passing that on to Bailey. So that's another thing just for um, gym owners or directors is I'm constantly trying to replace myself and things that I used to do that I'm getting good at or got good at, like, all right, Bailey, like you're going to learn exactly how to do this. And, you know, her or Claire, whoever's, you know, I'm teaching this to, they'll struggle. I'll go, you'll figure it out, you know, because that was like the one thing that um, that will say Kelly did. I don't know if she necessarily did it on purpose, but it was, you know, as we were at PCM, the gym went from two locations to four locations to nine locations, like overnight. Like yeah, it, it was all happened exponential. Within, yeah, very quickly. And so Kelly went from being like, we saw her every single day in the gym to we only saw her kind of. And then I started working at a different location as well. So I'm back going back and forth between two locations. And there was a lot of things that I just had to do by myself. Like I just had to figure it out because, you know, I was like I, we're, mom and dad aren't here right now. Right. Right. And so it was just had to figure those things out. And I realized how how valuable that was. And because of everything I had to kind of figure out on my own, put me in the position to run the, um, the the gym at American right here, right now. So I try to put them in those positions like, hey, guys, you're going to be OK. Like and if I remember when I was um, learning how to drive, you know, my behind the wheel. I'm there and the dude has a brake on his side. I guess they still do this. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. they do. But the dude had a brake on his side. <laughs> I remember making a left hand turn. And I turn out, go quite wide enough, and he stops the car, and I'm head to head with another car. Like it literally would have crashed straight into them. And he hit, the, you know, he has his foot slammed on the brake, and I'm like looking at this like couple in front of me. I'm like, okay. He's like, all right, well, go ahead and go to the right a little bit. And, you know, <laughs> so I let him know, guys, I'm not gonna let you crash the car. You know, I might let you hit a curb, a mailbox, or something. But, you know, you're going to learn, you're going to be good. So I try to hand off all these other things to everyone. Anyway, so I say all that to say I used to, we were very diligent on the social media, on the on the timeline post. So I will have like very strategic, like what we're going to do. We post a lot of blogs. The reason why I got into blogs and podcasting was I read several times about being a industry leader or a thought, you want to be thought of as a thought leader in your space. Yeah. So I wanted people when 
So I did one called, and this is no secret, I'm not a huge fan of high school cheerleading. Now, I don't mind if it doesn't conflict with our practices. Right. But if it conflicts with our practices, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, why are you doing high school cheer? I don't care. Right. But, but I did this one. Um, this was a, a video. So it wasn't a blog. But it was a video called um, How to Make Your High School Cheer Team. And I gave out all the, you know, these. if you do these five things, you're going to put yourself in a really good position to make your high school cheer team. Because I wanted people to think when they think of who's, I want to put my daughter in cheerleading and they started looking up things to cheerleading. I wanted them to think that Jason Larkins guy knows exactly what he's talking about. I saw his thing about how to make your high school cheer team. He had some one blog called uh, whatever. I saw this other video of him. Like every time he speaks, that guy, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And that's where I wanted to put my daughter as far as cheerleading goes. So, you know, we have the blogs and the, you know, our video posts where I talk about random, you know, if you want to get a job, put your daughter in all-star cheerleading and teach her how to be committed and right. teach her how to, you know, do whatever. It's going to teach her teamwork and all these different things. Do you um, do any paid marketing at all? You want to pay me? No, do, oh, no. do, we, do, do we you pay? do yeah, yeah, yeah. any so we'll paid? Boost, um, we'll boost Facebook posts. If it's, okay. We'll boost some of the Facebook posts if they're going all right. Um, but it's not too crazy. We just boost posts on Facebook, but nothing... So you don't get into ads crazy. manager or those kind of. Yeah, you know, not not particularly. Um, you know, I'll check to see how it's how it's doing. Oh, okay, it reached more people. Um, but we have um, Mailchimp. Uh, so for those who don't know, the email marketing, right? So. Yep. You know, and you're just able to put together email campaigns, which is one of my favorite things to do. So, I mean, we have an email list of like twenty thousand people. So we. Reach, oh, that's huge! Uh, how do you get those yeah. emails? Um, the gym's just been open since 84. So, so it's been ongoing. Obviously people yeah. weren't putting in emails in 1984, but yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but I mean, it's been, you know, ever since emails have been created, I'm sure we've been collecting those emails. Um, okay. so yeah, we have, I mean, we just have a huge, again, 20,000 people. So, oh, this is another thing. Uh, share my post. I'll, I'll share that in a second, but yeah, but the MailChimp has been great because I come up with these email campaigns and I just come up with email campaigns. I, you know, I'll spend a day just working on. So my next email campaign is going to be fundamentals. So I'll spend a day doing all the marketing for fundamentals. And, you know, I'll send those. And those email campaigns, like, it seems like, dude, no one reads email anymore. You need to do this. But they do. But they do. And they people do. are coming in and they're so registering. And what's you your, know, do you yeah, know what sure. your open rates, like your average open rate is? It's not that good, but it's well with it's the list to get ninety four kids and yeah. Do you do you um, send to all twenty thousand every time, or do you have sub lists? All all twenty thousand. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Every time, all twenty thousand. Yeah, for sure. I want to get into like sub lists, and I, and I thought about doing it, um, but you know, I'm trying to wear all these different hats. Yeah, for and, sure. You know, I thought about if I could just. If I just wanted to run the gym and be a great like owner of the, like you know just grow and develop the program, like I'd be great at that. But I love coaching so much, so it's mm-hmm. like you gotta do the give and take. So not all twenty thousand get it, but um, but I know the um, I read a good book about like doing the subsections and all those different things like that. Yeah, that's that's um, something we teach people how to do is how to yeah um you know how to have your lists and 
you know, market directly to those lists. And we, we do a variety of things or recommend a variety of things. So kind of like your blog posts. So just your engagement emails, yeah. enriching stuff, things that are bringing quality to people's lives. Um, I think Gary Vaynerchuk has a book about it. Uh, jab, 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 right cross or Dude. right hook. Um, and he talks about, you know, like, don't just always sell, 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 bring yeah. quality to people's lives. And so we, we do talk about doing that stuff with our clients too. And, and I'm a huge, I'm a huge email marketing proponent. Like mm-hmm. people think it's, it's dead and it's definitely not. In fact, I would be willing to bet that every person listening to this podcast, um, and just about what 75, 80% of the United States bought something during the black Friday, cyber Monday week. Mm-hmm inspired by an email that they got yeah right like you get i i don't unsubscribe from best buy's email list because i want to know when they're having a really good sale yeah i delete 90 percent of them but i open and buy sometimes so yeah and yeah and every so often you know and it hit you got to hit the right people at the right time and yeah you've got to hit the right people at the right time keep emailing them but that jab 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 right hook is phenomenal it like changed the game for me Yep. It changed the game. I, I read that and that's that really changed our our social media like attack. It was that and that like that book and a couple others that I read. It was like three books I read on like marketing all at the same time that like changed the way I did things. So, you know, hence why I got into the, the blog, which eventually led to the podcast. Um But yeah, all of that that again, if you haven't read Jab Jab Jab, that's such a good book. And Gary Vee has really, really good stuff. He, so he does. And he, he's an inspiring dude to read. Um, he's, he's motivated me in a lot of different ways. A lot of my, uh, I, my podcast I just actually posted today, not when people are listening to this, but, um, on December 3rd was about dealing with challenging clients, clients that have complaints basically. And it was reading a book. I think it was the same book where Gary was talking about, look, when people are complaining, like that's, that's good. You have a, that's an opportunity to fix it and, and you get loyalty from them. Um, it, and it just like completely shifted my mindset of, Hey, if this person's complaining and not like just quitting, Mm -hmm. I have an opportunity to grow, make things better and get a more loyal client. Actually like studies show that they're more loyal if you fix a problem for them or even just listen and care. Um, so, uh, I want to, can I tell a story about that? Yeah, do it. Dude, you know, people listen to podcasts. They want to hear stories. They want to hear. They want to hear stuff. You never have so, stories. Yeah, I never. But you know, I just figure people listen to podcasts. They're they're on their commute to work. They are you know doing the laundry. So they want to be entertained. You know, like I, maybe some people want to learn, but you know, but this is great. But I got to get to American, and we sent. It's our first year there. We sent out the team list, and we said we will not be taking any emails about team lists like team placements until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We send, send, we hit send. At 12.01, I'm telling you, a.m., right? Midnight. My email, my inbox, everyone's mad about what team they're on. I'm like, oh, this is awful. So I go, I call one gym owner. I'm like, I trust this gym owner. Hey, Jason, if I said this person's name, everyone would know who it is. Yeah, so I call him up. Hey, so what do you do when you get all these like complaints at tryouts? Do you whatever? Gym owner goes, Jason, you just gotta follow your heart. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, right? <laughs> so I go, okay. 
So I uh, call I call Troy. I'll use his name because he gave me good advice, right? Yes. So I call Troy. Great call human, owner, right? Yeah, Troy. What do you do? You just tell him, you know, tough cookie, or what, you know, what are you doing? All these things, right? He's like, Jason, you know, when I was when I was like starting off, right? We first opened the gym, and I'm in your position. He said, I would I would sit down and have a one on one meeting with all of those parents, and you know, you want to have that face to face, that that you know, you want to make those connections. It was some of the best advice I'd ever gotten. And I yep. cleared my schedule, met with parents from, you know, morning till night, one-on-one conversations about why their daughter didn't make X, Y, and Z team. Um, I think we end up changing one athlete from a senior one to a, we lowered her, we put her on a lower level team, not lower level, lower um, age, age group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because the dad said something about her wearing a crop top. And I said, that's a valid reason. That's the only reason I'll buy. You know what, you're wearing a crop top, you're on the younger team. Perfect, we're probably on the younger team. Yeah. Um, now other than that, everyone stay on their same team, but I made really, really solid connections mm-hmm. with our parents that year. And those, and, you know, and those meetings were like pretty heated at times. And I remember, I remember walking out and we were, I felt like we were on the same page, but the meetings I had that year with those parents, I felt the strongest connection with those parents because I actually sat down and talked with them and yep. had like real conversations with them, you know? So anyway, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's me. absolutely. And I think that's such a good, good thing to remember in this weird industry that we're in where the general advice you get is, well, just say bye Felicia. It's my way or the hard way. Get out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. okay. Uh, I, I don't recommend that. That's not my approach. Um, and I don't think that's the way any of us would want to get treated as a client of anything, you know, Oh, you got a complaint Bye. imagine if a competition director did that, right? You had a complaint about the way something was going to run. And they said, you know what? Uh, it's Saturday. You're supposed to compete tomorrow, but all your teams, you're just out. Yeah. Not interested in having your business Bye. like, (laughs) yeah. So yeah, it'd be horrible business, terrible business. So I've just learned to actually have it's very rare for me to turn down a meeting or you know i try to take them as soon as possible and i don't even know if i've ever actually turned one down i've either tried to answer it in the email like if i've turned it down it's because i just answered it in the email and said we i don't know if we actually need a meet here's you know whatever um or just postponed it till next week because we're busy or whatever but you know that's really taught me that valuable lesson of having one-on-one meetings and talking and just life you know you know, you hear rumors, there there's blanks, people fill in their own blanks, and people usually don't fill in the positive reason yep. of why that could have happened. They usually fill in the, the why someone was trying to be evil and, you know, towards them when they made that decision. And, you know, we get on the same page, we realize we have a lot more that we agree on than what we disagree on, you know? Yeah. So. The number of times you've ever sat down as a coach been like, oh, I can't wait to put this kid on this team. Ha ha ha. It will crush them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like we just sit there and plot on how yeah. to break their child's heart. Uh, and then I'm going to put her in this stunt group. They're going to be terrible. Too, yeah, right? it'll be so yeah. good. <laughs> never has happened in a yeah. in the history of any of the time I've coached. I've never taken yeah. that approach. Or it's like, well, you don't like me, so you punish my kid. And it's like, well, you're right. I don't like you, <laughs> but I don't take that out on kids. That's not, yeah. not the way I do business. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. 
Awesome. Well, I it's Friday night, and I know you have somewhere to be, and I am gonna go take my daughter on a little date night because uh, I'm gonna there miss go. her. I'm gonna miss her birthday to be at American Grand next weekend. Uh, American. I'm like, you're coming to the gym? No, I wish it'd be so much fun. Um, you're like, I didn't know. Look at that. Look at that plug right there. Would be would be great to come to Dream Camps on here too. Uh, well, that's gonna happen (laughs) if we can get on your schedule. Um, so for those of you who are listening though, if you haven't checked out Let's Talk Cheer, it is an awesome podcast as well. Um, where Jason uh interviews various people from around the industry. Uh, do you still have that parent on with you doing interviews yeah. as well? Oh, be more, be more, don't be less. Yes. Yeah, so yes. Okay. It's so good. it's, it's awesome conversations too. If you're looking for other content, um, Jason can't thank you enough. It's been so much. It's always fun sitting down with you. Uh, I'm sure we could go for another six hours, which Dude. we would enjoy and other people might fall asleep, but right. they'd have to take it in chunks. Uh, yeah, dude, you're the man. Thanks for having. Hey, I'd come back anytime. You call me, we'll make it happen. Well, we'll have to do a round two then for sure. All right, man. All right. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Next Generation Connecting People and Profits podcast. If you love this content, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and head over to our website to sign up for our emails with tips and tricks on how to grow your business.